have Gemara, will babble. Friends, what's up? Welcome back to Babel on Talmud. Today we're studying Daf Yudzayin, Daf 17 of Nesachta Moed Koyed. I think that's what we're up to anyways. Pretty sure yesterday was, yeah, pretty sure yesterday was 16. Today we'll do 17. Friends, what do you think today's Daf talks about? Excommunication, mourning, cutting your hair, things like that. Friends, um, we're going to start in Daf Tezayin Amud Beis, two lines from the bottom. Let me know when you're ready. Friends, somebody said, That if you have episode, a student, and he excommunicated a fellow because he felt that he was a uh, not being, uh, uh, you know, given the proper respect. So, nido yo nido. It's a good excommunication. It works. Okay. Titanius within an advice of Talmud that if a fellow is uh, excommunicated to the teacher, then memele he's excommunicated to the student oichit. Right? Kilu, if you're excommunicated from the student, so that 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 that, that trickles down. To, uh, uh, to to the teachers and it trickles down to the students as well. the Talmud But if you're excommunicated from the student, so then it doesn't mean that you're excommunicated from the teacher. And and the implication being, yeah, he you know if you are excommunicated to the student, so you are not excommunicated to the teacher, but to the rest of the world you are excommunicated. Lemai, and how come this fellow is being excommunicated by the student? If it's because um, he did something against God, well then, in well then, you know, there, there, there's nothing that can go against God. Rather, no, it means that the the student uh, excommunicated the, this other fellow because, um, because I guess the student felt that he wasn't being honored properly or something. So he excommunicated the fellow and it's a real excommunication. Uh, okay, what do you want me to tell you? Amr of Yosef says, of Yosef, says of Yosef that a Tamil Chochum is able to paskin, I guess, a judgment uh, with something that he knows for sure is the halacha. Okay, I guess if you have a Tamil Chochum who knows with 100% certainty that... Um, that Allah is a certain way. So then, um, alright, so then I guess he's able to pass in Allah by himself. It's very interesting. What exactly are the limitations to that? Oh, okay. So there's a certain time with Chacham that unfortunately word got out that he was shtickle uh, inappropriate. So what do we do? Okay. So there was a certain Tamil Chacham was being inappropriate. And Ravida says, so what do we do? So the Shamta, if we excommunicate him, but uh, his community needs him. He's the rabbi of the community. But if we don't excommunicate him, but if he's being inappropriate, we can't just not communicate with him. It's making a chil Hashem. So so if Yudah says to Rabbi Babachana, he says, Hey, have you heard anything about what to do in this situation? So Rabbi Babachana says, 
That is what Rabbi Yochanan said. What does it mean that the lips of a of a koyin uh, they guard knowledge and um, and uh, beseech? I don't know. Request, uh, uh, look for, search for uh, Torah from his mouth. Because he's an angel of God. If uh, this, the the teacher is like an angel of God, so then you can uh, I don't know you request I don't know learn study Torah from him. But if he's not like an angel of God, I Torah mipiv. Do not um, what the in the world is this word to request. You don't request Torah from him. You learn Torah from him. You 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 pursue Torah from him. I don't know. Anyways, the point being that. If a uh, if if uh, if a teacher is being a nudnik, so you don't want anything to do with him. So Shamti reviewed the so reviewed said, okay, well, if that's the case, I have my answer. This guy is being inappropriate. We have to excommunicate him. Um, okay. The sof the In the end, Yehuda got sick. Okay, ultimately, at a certain point, Yehuda got sick. Also, So the rabbis came to be mivaker choyle. The rabbis came to visit Rav Yehuda. And this inappropriate rabbi came with the rest of the rabbis to visit Rav Yehuda. And when Rav Yehuda saw this other Tamil Chochem who he excommunicated, he smiled. Rav Yehuda smiled. To which this Tamil Chochem said to Rav Yehuda, Is it not enough that you excommunicated me? You're also laughing at me. So, Omalei labdidoch michayachno. And Rav Yudah says, No, I'm not laughing at you. El dechiazlino lehau alma. But when I go to, 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 um, to Olam Abba, badichodai toy, I'm going to be happy. Da'afil legava kavosech lochanifile. That I didn't sort of give special treatment to you. When Rav Yehuda saw this fellow who he excommunicated on principle, so he felt good about himself that he didn't compromise his principles um, just because he was sort of a, that this other person was a Tamil Chochem. Um, you know, he treated him the way that he was meant to be treated, and Rav Yehuda felt that that was fair, and that's why he was smiling because because he felt uh, he felt um, um, whole about the decision that he made. Nachnashid of Yudah eventually, ultimately, Rav Yudah passed away. Also, the Vemidrasha. So then, this Tamar uh, Chacham, who was excommunicated by Rav Yehuda, now Rav Yudah had passed away. So this Tamar Chacham says, "Okay, let me go to the Beis Hamidrash." Shomadu, he said to them, "Surely, can you undo the excommunication now?" Amulei, they said to him, "Amulei Rabbanu." So the Rabbi said to this Tamar Chacham, "Gavu duchashiv Rav Yehuda lekahacha." We don't have anybody on the level of Rav Yehuda who would be able to undo the excommunication. But rather, go to Rav Yehuda Nesiyah, the Rav Yehuda Nesiyah, who is the grandson of Rebbe, he would be able to, uh, I believe he was the grandson of Rebbe, he would be able to um, undo the excommunication. Now, what's interesting is Rav Yehuda was in Bavel, and I, I think Rav Yehuda Nesiyah was in Eretz Yisrael. Also, we're going to be talking about the different rabbis around there, Reb Zeir, Reb Ami, 
These are people who are in Eretz Yisrael as well. So I guess, I, I don't know if they were saying to this Tamil Chacham, like you have to travel to Eretz Yisrael to go to Rabbi Yudinesiyah and then he's the only person who can undo Rabbi Yehuda's um, excommunication. Also the Kameh, so this Tamil Chacham went to Rabbi Yudinesiyah, Amalek, the Rabbi Ami, so then Rabbi Yudinesiyah says to Rabbi Ami, Pok Ayin Bedine, Imibaya the Mishrelei, Sharilei. So, Rabbi Yudinesiyah says to Rabbi Ami, he says, look, um, there's this Tamar Chacham, go and look into the situation, and it, you know, if, if, it, if, if you determine that we can undo the excommunication, so undo the excommunication, Ian Rabbi Ami Bedine, so Rabbi looked into the situation with this Tamar Chacham, and he, his opinion on the matter was, okay, we can undo the excommunication. So Omar Rabbi Shmuel Ben Achmani al-Raglov, at which point Rabbi Shmuel Ben Achmani stood up, the Omar, and he said, Uma shivcha shabiz Rebbe, the Noagu chacham kalis rosh biniduya, a maidservant in the house of Rebbe, when she excommunicated somebody, uh, it was she was taken seriously. Shalosh shanim for three years. Yehuda chaverenu, Rabbi Yehuda, our 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 contemporary, who was one of the gedolim, Rabbi Yehuda. Alachas kama v'chama. Certainly, then we 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 shouldn't take lightly his excommunication, and we shouldn't just undo Rabbi Yehuda's excommunication. Amr Abzera, my dekamon says Abzera says, wow, look what's going on over here. Da'asa idna ha'isavu b'vemidrasha that Rabbi Shmuel ben Achmani all of a sudden showed up in the Beis Hamedrash today. The akamish nelo also that Rabbi Shmuel ben Achmani hadn't been here into this Beis Hamedrash for many years, and all of a sudden he's showing up today just at the time that this Tamar Chacham is requesting that his excommunication should be undone and Rabbi looked into it and he was he was he was you know leaning towards undoing the excommunication all of a sudden by coincidence we have Rav Shmuel Achmani over here who points out that um, the shifcha of uh, uh, the maidservant in the house of Rebbe excommunicated somebody and, and, and that wasn't undone certainly then we should not do undo the excommunication of Rav Yehuda Shmamina Lomiboy Lemishrelei so Abzera says it must be that we should not uh, undo the excommunication. Lo so ultimately they did not undo the excommunication. Nafak kikabachi vaazil, and so this Tamur Chacham left the Beis Hamedrash and he was uh, crying uh, because uh, you know he, his excommunication didn't get excommun- unexcommunicated. Also Zibura came a bee. Vitarke Amose and Poshit uh, was it stung him on the how do we say this? Um Shmeko Vishakhiv Ilavayu Vishakhiv and he Poshit died. Well, that's one way to go. I lul the Maarta the Khside, so they <laughs> <laughs> they brought him to the cave of the of the chsidim, blue blue, and they didn't want this tamul chacham. Um, so they brought him to the cave of the judges blue, and they accepted this tamul chacham. My how come they accepted this tamul chacham? 
because he did like Rabbi Eloi the Tanya, as we learn in the Bible, Rabbi Eloi Omer says, Rabbi Eloi, Imur Adam Shitzum is Gabra Olav, that if a fellow sees that his Yetzirah is um, sort of ganging up on him, is, is being uh, stark against him, Yelech Lemakum Shein Makir Nosos, what he should do is uh, go to a place where nobody knows him, Vilba Shchorim, Visatif Shchorim, he should adorn himself in uh, black clothing, Vyaisim Ashlibo Chafetz, and do whatever he wants, Vayichal Shem Shemaim Befaesia, but do not. Uh, desecrate the name of God in public. Meaning, so apparently this Tamil Chacham, um, it was true that, 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 that he didn't act appropriately. However, he didn't, you know, he did not do these things sort of in a public way that, you know, publicly defamed, defaced, you know, caused the Chil Hashem. He quietly went to some other place where nobody knew him and you know, his Yetzirah was too powerful powerful for him, so and he couldn't succeed against the Yetzirah, so he went to some place where nobody recognized him, and he did whatever he did over there, um, and I guess because he um, sort of, w- when he did whatever he did, he did it in a way that would, uh, you know, I don't know, I guess, you know, try to not make a Chil Hashem, so for that reason, at least the judges um, accepted him to be buried with them. What's the story of the maidservant of the house of Rebbe that she excommunicated a fellow to Amoso to Rebbe because the um, maidservant in the house of Rebbe Chazisila Ugava de Hava Mochilev Nogado that she witnessed a fellow who was um, striking his uh, elder son Omer and she said that this fellow who is striking his adult son should be excommunicated to Ka'avar Mishum because he's violating the pasuk that says that you should not put a, a stumbling block in front of a blind person. That um, you should not put a stumbling block in front of a blind person, and it's talking about a fellow who strikes his uh, adult son because a, a child is not permitted to hit a um, a parent or to curse a parent, and by a um, uh, a parent striking his uh, adult son so the son might retaliate and uh, you know hit his father or 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 or, or curse his father and uh, th- those are pretty serious offenses so therefore she said that by this fellow striking his grown child he's it's like a stumbling block in front of a blind person because he's it's too risky that the child might retaliate in a manner that um, is no good. Rishlakish have a minter pardesa. So Rishlakish was guarding an orchard. Also, Ugava v'ka'achil te'ene, and a fellow came and he was eating epis figs. Roma be kalav l'ashgach be. Rishlakish yelled at him. He said, "Hey, you, don't eat figs." Um, and the guy didn't v'lashgach be. The fellow didn't pay any attention. Omar, so Rishlakish says. He says, well, fellow, you're going to be excommunicated. And the fellow uh, uh, replied, and he says, You, Rish Lakish, should be excommunicated. Just because maybe I owe you some money because I hopped the Rhine figs. But, um, okay, so I have to pay you back. Right? There, 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 there are monetary implications there. Why do I have to get excommunicated? 
Also, the name Joshua's name is Lakish came to the base of Medrash Amulei. Shelo Nidoi, Shelcha Eno Nidoi. And they, in the Beis HaMedrash, they replied to Rish Lakish and they said, actually, the excommunication that this other fellow put you in, right, when he said, I shouldn't be in excommunication, you should be in excommunication. So, so in the Beis HaMedrash, they said, actually, his excommunication that he applied on you is a real excommunication, Shelcha Eno Nidoi, but the excommunication that you applied to him is not actually an excommunication because he was only... Uh, you know, he had to pay, maybe he owed you money, but not necessarily, not necessarily an excommunication. Excommunication. So, what can Rishlakish do in order to get out of his excommunication? Well, go back to the fellow and um, ask him to undo the excommunication. But Rishlakish says, I don't know who the fellow is. So they said to him, So go to the uh, the leader of the generation, that he can undo this fellow's excommunication. That if a fellow gets excommunicated and he doesn't know who the fellow who excommunicated him is. So in that case, you could just go to the sort of head of the generation and he will he'll, he'll sort it out for you. Omer Ravuna says, Ravuna ve'usha eskinu, they established an usha, ha'bezdin she'sarech imanadin o, so that if you have the head of a, of a, of a bezdin, of a court, and he and did something inappropriate, so we do not excommunicate him. Elo omrim lo, we say to him, ha'chbed ve'shev b'veisecho, that he covered ve'shev b'veisecho, go and sort of, you know, go and sit in your house, and, you know, Go away a little bit. If he if he did it again, well then we have no choice but to excommunicate him because of making a chil Hashem, desecrating God's name. That Rishlakish says that if you have a Tamil Chacham who um, was inappropriate, so then we do not. Um, excommunicated him in public Shinemar as the puzzle says that you will fail today that also a prophet will fail with you at night that cover it up like the night that uh, okay if you have a Tamil Chacham who did something inappropriate so says uh, Rishlakish that you would not publicly sort of rebuke him but rather privately. Okay, very interesting stuff and interesting potential implications. Marzutra Chasida ki mechaivtub merbon and shamtub that Marzutra Chasida, if there was a Tamar Chacham who needed to be excommunicated, shamta, so bereisha mishamit mashmit nafshe, vada mashmit ladide, so first Marzutra Chasida would excommunicate himself. And then you would excommunicate the um, the Tamil Chacham Kiava Ayl Bushpiza and then when Marzutra Chasida would get home, Shari Lelinafsha, he would then undo his own excommunication, Father Shari Lelidide, and then he would undo the excommunication of the Tamil Chacham. The Omar of Gidl, the Rav Gidl says, Omarav, and then Rav Tamil Chacham, Minadil Atzmo, Mefil Atzmo, that a Tamil Chacham is able to um excommunicate himself and to undo the excommunication. Friends, um, I feel like every time I say the word excommunicate, 
I, I like my tongue gets tied and I say something like excommunicate or something like that. So I think maybe for the rest of the daf, if like my tongue gets tied when I say excommunicate, I'm just going to go with like whatever tongue twisted version comes out. I think it it could potentially be almost interesting. Amr of Papa says of Papa, tastily that, um, you know, I I am a great guy. Because I never excommunicated a Tamur Chochum. But if a Tamur Chochum required excommunication, what would he do? My Rava will like an Eretz Yisrael. It's like an Eretz Yisrael. They would uh, prefer to whip a Tamur Chochum rather than excommunicate a Tamur Chochum. Interesting. So I guess Rapapa, uh, rather than excommunicating people, he would whip them. Yikes. My Shamta, what exactly is excommunication? Amurab Shem Misa. It means like, I don't know, the name of death. Shamta, Shem Misa, the name of death. Shmuel Amur Shimama Yiyeh. Should be like, uh, uh, destroy, destruction. Alright. That's what, uh, Shema, uh, that's what Shamta is. That's what excommunication is. Alright. Umahanya Bey, Kitichaya Bitanura. An excommunication is like oil in an oven, that the oil gets absorbed into the oven and never leaves. That actually, the excommunication, just like it goes into the 248 bones, also when the excommunication leaves the fellow, so then it leaves the 248 uh, bones of his body, um, so, meaning according to Rish Lakish, the excommunication goes into the bones, but then it also leaves the bones. Alright, what do you want me to tell you? How do we know that it goes into the bones? It says, that the city of Jericho should be a um, cherim, and cherim in Gematra is 248. So it's like a cherim, an excommunication goes into your 248 bones, and when it leaves, it leaves the 248 bones. The Chsiv, the Pazuk says, that in anger, remember compassion, that the Rachim is 248 in Gematra. Very interesting. Interesting that Rachim and Cherim are the same letters. Amr of Yosef says of Yosef, place an excommunication on the tail of a, of a hunt, of a dog, and it will sort of do its thing. What does that mean? That there was a certain hunt, that was eating the shoes of the rabbis. They didn't know which hunt it was. Vishamtu lay, so they just gave a general sort of uh, excommunication that whatever hunt or whatever is eating our shoes, so it should be excommunicated. Isli benur begnufte vachalte, and sure enough, um, um, fate had it that a um, fire broke out in the tail of the hunt and it died. Um, all right, what do you want me to tell you? How there was a certain uh, bully. All right, and he was bullying a certain uh, Torah student. Also, the comment of Yosef, so a Torah student came before Yosef. So Yosef says, "Well, why don't you um, excommunicate the fellow?" He says, "I'm scared. He's a bully. How can I just excommunicate a bully? He's, he's going to bully me." So write down an, like an excommunication document. 
says, yeah, but I, I guess somehow by writing down this document, it's going to be um, even more, uh, um, you know, by writing out this sort of excommunication document, it, it might fare less well for this fellow, I guess. I don't know, maybe I'll have to present it to him. I don't know. Omele shakle achte bichada. So take this excommunication letter and put it in some kind of a, 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 a vessel. And put it uh, in a, a, um, a graveyard where there aren't so many people. And then blow a thousand shofar blasts into the vessel by buying Yomen for 40 days. Alright. So he did this. He took, wrote this excommunication letter, put it in a vessel, went to the graveyard, blew a thousand times into the shofar, with the shofar into the vessel. Poka kada umis aloma. And then the vessel kind of cracked or broke or split and the fellow died. Wow. Okay, friends, with great power comes great responsibility. So uh, what are these like chauffeur things? Um, well, I guess are that they pay back from him. My Tavra, why, what's like the Shvarim, right? Because you go to a Kiyah and a Shvarim. Amr Yitzchak, Breder of Yehuda, Tavra Bate Rame. That it breaks like these big houses. The Tanis, we learn in the Bible, Amr Bishim ben Gamliel, Kamakam Shnasul Chacham Meneim, Omiso Oni. Okay, it says of Shim ben Gamliel that wherever the rabbis put their eyes, it's either death or, uh, or, or becoming poor. Okay, um, Alright, what do you want me to tell you? I don't know. Banozvam told me to So a a a, a Nazarite and a, a leper. Okay? So we had said in our Mishnah that if you have a Nazir, right, a fellow who who, who makes this oh, like uh, uh, nether, I don't know, promise, whatever it is, a Kabbalah, whatever it is, he takes upon himself that he's gonna uh, not cut his hair, he's not gonna drink wine, he's not gonna become Tommy Mace, all these kinds of things. So in the event that he becomes uh, a tummy, so he's got to wait, uh, you know, until he's tahor, and then he, um, um, and then he uh, cuts his hair and he brings a korban. So, and also a fellow is a mitzvah, right? He's got this skin disease thing, so he's mitzvah, and then when he becomes tahor, so also he shaves his head and brings a korban. So, the Mishnah had said that if they become tahor on cholamoid, so they can get a haircut. So he says, well, when we say that this Nazir and this Mitzorah can get a haircut on Cholomoid, is it because they became Tahor on Cholomoid, i.e. before Yom Tif, they were still Tomei, and therefore getting in a haircut before um, uh, uh, Yom Tif begins, before the festival began, was not an option because they were Tomei, and they only became Tahor in the first place on Cholamoid, and that's why they're allowed to get a haircut. Or possibly, um, maybe already, maybe they were tahor already before the festival began, and even so, they're still allowed to get a haircut on Cholamoid. Um, so let's read it again. Is are they allowed to get a haircut on Cholamoid because they only became tahor in the first place on Cholamoid and they didn't have an opportunity before the festival? Or maybe even in a situation where they had an opportunity to get a haircut before 
um, the festival. But nonetheless, they didn't. They would still be able to get a haircut on Cholamoid. Armale Tanina. So Zaira says to Rabbi Yirmiyah, well, we talk a little in a brisa called Elu Sha'amu Mutar in the Galeach Bamoid, that all of these people, we said that you're allowed to get a haircut on Cholamoid, Bishlohoyoloim Pnai, it's specifically when they did not have an opportunity before uh, the festival. So for example, I don't know, a guy comes back from jail. So you didn't have an opportunity before Cholamoid, before the festival to get a haircut. So you can get a haircut on the festival. Avo, Hoyoloim Pnai Asur. But if they had an opportunity to get a haircut before the festival began, so then they're not allowed to get a haircut on the festival. However, Nazir Mutarim. But in the case of a Nazir or Mitzora, even if they became pure before the festival and they were able to get a haircut before the festival, still they're allowed to get a haircut on Cholamoid, Shaloyashu Korbanosein, so as not to delay the offering of their korbanis, because a nazir and a, and a mitzvah, when they become tahor, they cut their hair, and then after they cut their hair, they bring korbanis. Now, if we say that, you know, so in the event where they were able to cut their hair beforehand, before Yom Tif, but they didn't. So if we would say, well, now you're not allowed to get a haircut on Cholamoid, well then that also means that they're not going to be bringing their korbanas until after the festival and we don't want that so therefore we say that they that specifically a Nazir and a uh, Mitzorah are able to um, uh, get haircuts on Cholamoid uh, so that they could bring their korbanas ASAP. Tana, we have a brisa, and the brisa says a coin ve'ha'ovel that a coin and a mourner mutarin they're allowed to get a haircut on Chol Hamoid. What does this mean that a Kohen and a mourner are allowed to get haircuts on Chol Hamoid? So we're gonna we're gonna try to understand each one individually, starting with the mourner with the with the Ovel. Hi What is the situation where we say that a mourner is allowed to get a haircut on Chol Hamoid? If we're gonna say that day eight of Avelus was Erev Aregel. So let's just say, we'll make an example. In our example, the first day of the festival is Shabbos. Okay. Now, this fellow is, let's say his father passed away the previous Friday. Okay. So the previous fa- Friday, this fellow's father passed away. Day eight, right? So he sees Shiva is through Thursday. Comes Friday again, that's day eight, and we're saying that Yom Tif is gonna be, the first day of Yom Tif is Shabbos, in our example. So, Erev Yom Tif is day eight, which is the first day of Shloshim, right? Right, ah, okay, one second, one second, one second. So, so there, okay, there, there, there are a few things that we should probably uh, just clarify before we jump in over here. One is just to differentiate, I'm sure many people have heard these differentiations between Shiva and Shloshim, right? Shiva are like the first day, first week of morning when, um, you know, you, you, right, you can't bathe and, and study Torah and, and all those kinds of things. And then there's um, 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 Shloshim, which is you don't get a haircut or anything like that, but it's a little bit sort of less stringent. Um, so that's, so there's a differentiation between Shiva and Shloshim. And there's also, the, there's an interesting question about how do you relate to day seven of Shiva, the last day of Shiva, right? 
Do we say that it's seven full days and therefore Shiva only ends after the end, you know, at the night following the seventh day? Or do we say Mixasayom Kikulo, that part of the day can count as the whole day, right? We're going to see a machlokas between Abashol and the, and the, and the Chachamim, that Abashol's opinion is that day seven of Shiva Actually, once, you know, once already the people, the, the, you know, the, the, the people who are visiting him on the morning of the seventh day leave. So Shiva is over, according to Abishol. And Shiva is over. And then Shloshim begins, right? So day seven counts both as the last day of Shiva and also the first day of Shloshim. The rabbis, however, argue and say, no, you need seven full days and Shloshim, right? The, the sort of the Shloshim period, um, only sort of kicks in. Uh, on day eight is is when it's no longer shiva, but it's sort of within the the the, the shloshim period. So now, going back into the gemara, So what exactly is the situation of a mourner where he'd be permitted to get a haircut on cholamoid? So So again, if our example is that um, his father passed away on a Friday, and the following Friday is day eight, and it's also the day before the festival, because now, for example, the festival starts on Shabbos. So, Well, if day eight, which is no longer Shiva, it's now Shloshim, which is sort of not as stringent as Shiva, and we're saying that Erev of the festival, that the, 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 on the eve of the festival, the day before the festival, was already Shloshim territory, so then he should be getting a haircut before the festival, on, on, on that Friday. So if he didn't get a haircut on that Friday, well then he shouldn't be getting a haircut on Cholamoid because he had an opportunity. So Ella, Shechol Shmini Shelo, Leo's Bishabis So rather, let's suggest that uh, the festival begins on Sunday. And, and the fellow's father passed away on a Shabbos, which means that day one was Shabbos, but also day eight was Shabbos, i.e. the first day of Shloshim was Shabbos, and it's also the day before the, 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 the day before the festival begins on Sunday. But nonetheless, Erev Shabbos, still he should have gotten a haircut on Erev Shabbos, which is day seven of Shiva, the last day of Shiva. Still he should have gotten a haircut then, in which case he shouldn't be getting a haircut on Chol Hamoid. So again, his father passed away on a Shabbos. Friday is the last day of Shiva. And then Shabbos, right, so Friday's last day of Shiva, Shabbos is the day, is the day before the festival starts, and then Sunday is the first day of the festival. So we're saying he should get a haircut on Friday. To Omer of Chizda, that says of Chizda, Omer Ravina Barshila, says of Chizda, the name of Ravina Barshila, Halacha ka'aba Sha'ul, that the Halacha is like Abba Sha'ul, that day seven already, you know, once part of the day passes, it's already considered like Shiva is over, and the rest of the day is considered Shloshim. Umodim Chachomim, and the rabbis agree with Abba Shaul. Umodim Chachom la Abba Shaul, Bishachol Shmini Shiloh, Lios, Bishabbos, Erevaregel, that in the event that, you know, his father passes away on a Shabbos, and the following Shabbos is um, day eight, and obviously he's not going to be getting a haircut on Shabbos. So the first day of Shloshim is on Shabbos. So he's not going to be getting a haircut on Shabbos. So in that case, on Friday, which is day 7 of Shiva, the rabbis in that case will 
admit, will agree with Abba Shaul that you can say that once part of the day passes, already Shiva is over and he would be able to get a haircut on Friday. In which case, if he could have gotten a haircut on Friday, he has no business getting a haircut on Cholamoid. Because he's able to get an, a, 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 a haircut on Erev Shabbos. So rather, we're talking about a mourner that day seven was on Shabbos that was Erev Eregel. So um, the festival begins on a Sunday. His father passed away also on a Sunday, which means that day seven is Shabbos. And of course, he's unable to get a haircut on Shabbos. And Erev Shabbos is only day six, and certainly he's not getting a haircut on day six, right? So therefore, um, and that, so, 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 now, let's go right there for a second. Tanabara Savrila Kabashaul. And therefore, the Brisa that we just quoted, right, uh, ten lines earlier, it says, right, Hakoin Va'ovum Mutarn Bigiluach, that a Kohen, which we haven't explained yet, but a mourner is allowed to get a haircut on Cholamoid. So that Brisa assumes Ka'abashaul, like Abashaul, to Amr Mixasayum Kikulo, that he says that part of the day is like the whole day. And the seventh day of Shiva counts as both the last day of Shiva, but also as part of the Shloshim. So Now, so if his father passed away on a Sunday, so day seven was Shabbos, which means that day seven is the last day of Shiva, but also that Shabbos is the last day of Shiva, but also the first, you know, part of Shloshim. So, so technically speaking, he could be getting a haircut that day because it's already Shloshim and it's before the festival. The festival begins on Sunday. However, Shabbos but of course it's Shabbos so you can't get a haircut on Shabbos. So, and therefore, um, since, um, you know, since theoretically he could have gotten a haircut on Shabbos because it was already part of the Shloshim but because it was Shabbos obviously he wasn't going to get a haircut so he was Onus and it was sort of like nothing he could do about it. So because he was an onus, because there was nothing he could have done about it, so therefore he's allowed to get a haircut on the festival. Tanadidan Savar, where as our Mishnah, which when talking about the different people that can get a haircut on Cholamoid, does not include a mourner. So, i.e., our Tana assumes that a mourner cannot get a haircut on on uh, on 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 Cholamoid. So our Tana holds. Sovela Krabanan holds like the rabbis, the Amri Lomina Mixasarim Kikulo, that um, we do not say that part of the day is like a whole day, and therefore, and therefore, before the festival began on Sunday, um, there was no point where the Shiva was over, right? And therefore, he's basically going straight from Shiva, which ends on Saturday night, right into the festival, and there was no opportunity where. Um, you know, it's like he, you know, I mean, it's not like there ever was the option for him to get a haircut and therefore he can't get a haircut. Meaning, according to Abba Shaul, who says that, well, there, you know, he could have got, right, it was already the Shloshim, he could have, right, going into the festival, it, it's already Shloshim, and he could have gotten a haircut, but because it was Shabbos, he couldn't get a haircut, so therefore, okay, he can make up for it, he can get a haircut on, on, on Cholamoid. However, according to the Chachamim, uh, there, there was never a period of Shloshim where he was able to get a haircut before um, um, the festival began, and therefore he doesn't have the opportunity to get a haircut on the festival. Now the Gemara asks, 
Now, what's the situation of the Kohen, that the Kohen is allowed to get a haircut on the festival? So if we're going to say that, well, his, his Mishmar finished on the day before the festival, meaning, of course, we know from, I think, Mesech Tatainis, that the Mishmar, maybe even Sukkah as well, that the, that the Mishmar, the Kohanim would serve in the temple, it would be from Shabbos to Shabbos. So if we're saying that the festival began on Sunday, and the fellow's um, uh, mishmar ended on Shabbos. So So then he should have gotten a haircut before the festival. On Friday. Right? Meaning, meaning if the mishmar is over on Shabbos and there's a festival on Sunday, so he could have gotten a haircut before, before Shabbos, right? As we know that, um, that, um, that, um, because we know, right, from the, I think it was in Tainus, that we said that a, that, 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 that the quantum are serving in the temple are not allowed to get a haircut during the week that they're serving in the temple because we want them to get a haircut beforehand. However, on Thursday, they're allowed to get a haircut in preparation for Shabbos. We see that you're allowed to get a haircut in preparation for Shabbos. So therefore, um, if, if we're saying that the, um, Cohen, his Mishmar ended on Shabbos and the festival was Sunday, so you should have gotten a haircut on Erev, Shabbos, and therefore, why is he allowed to get a haircut on Cholamoid? So, so no, it's talking about where um, his, his, his Mishmar ended on the festival. So, Kielu, the festival began on Thursday in the middle of his Mishmar, and then, um, and then, and then, and then his Mishmar ended on Shabbos, on the third day of the festival. So our Tana, who says that he cannot get a haircut on the festival, so on Cholamoid, so he holds, came into Tana, Bishlosha Prokim Bashano, Hayukal Mishmaros, Shavos, Baimura, Aragalim, Uvachilik Lechem upon him, that since we learn in a Mishnah in Sukkah that at three points during the year, i.e., Pesach, Shavos, and Sukkis, Hayukal Mishmaros, Shavos, all of the Mishmars were equal, right? That during the Shalosh Regalim, all the Kohanim are able to serve in the temple. They all split up, split up the um, um, sort of meat of the Korbanos of the festival, of and they all split and divide up and share the um, Lechem Aponim, right? The, the bread that they would divide up every Shabbos. And therefore, since... Um, you know, the, the Mishmars are basically open to all Kohanim during the festivals. So since his Mishmar ended in the middle of the festival, so it's like his Mishmar never really ended because even during the festival, he still keeps on going. And therefore, just like during his Mishmar, he would not get a haircut. So then also on Cholamoid, he would not get a haircut. Vitana Bara, whereas the other Tanu who says that a coin is able to get a haircut, Savar on Cholamoid, Savar he holds, Avagav the Shaykh, Bahanach Mishmaros, that even though, yes, he's able to, to some degree, uh, uh, participate in the Mishmars during the, the Shalosh Regalim, but still, his Mishmar um, is over, and therefore it's not technically like um, it, he's in his Mishmar anymore, and therefore he's allowed to get a uh, haircut on Cholamoid. Tanur Abanon, the rabbis taught, Kol Elu Sha'amu, that all these people who we said, Mutar Negalech Pamoid, that they're allowed to get a haircut on Cholmod, Mutar Negalech Bimei Evlon, they're also allowed to get a haircut when they are mourners. Ve'atanya Asurim. One second, we have a verse that says that, that, that they're not allowed to get haircuts when they're 
mourners. Hmm. I'm of Shila. Says of Chizda, the name of of Shila. Kitanya hacha mutarin. That when it says that they're allowed to get um, um, uh, haircuts when they are mourners, it's talking about bishetachafuhu avelav. It's talking about when there were sort of two periods of mourning, one after the next, and it was like super intense. So that is why they're allowed to get haircuts. It's talking about when there were sort of two periods of mourning in a row. But if that's the case, that we're talking about two periods of mourning in a row, well, then why does it specifically say, then why does it say that it's specifically these people who are able to get haircuts on Cholamoid are the people who are able to get haircuts when they are mourning in a situation where there was like two periods of mourning in a row. Even anybody would be able to get a haircut in that circumstance. The Tanya's we learn in a Braiset Chafu Avelov that if you have two periods of mourning one after the next, make a basar. That if his hair is getting too unwieldy, so he could uh, lighten it up with a razor. And he can wash his clothing in water. So so what do we see? So we see that anybody would be able to get a haircut if um, there were two periods of mourning in a row. So what's special about the people in this context who would be able to get a haircut on Cholamoid? So it answers the Gemara Ha'itmar Allah that it was taught that well in a situation where there were two periods of mourning in a row so you could lighten up your hair with a razor but not with sort of scissors which would be the normal way to do it. You could put your clothing in water but not with like some kind of soap or some other kind of um, thing that would help with like cleaning clothes. Okay, period. Right, so that's the difference. That sort of reg, you know, regular people, um, if it was two periods of mourning, they'd be able to like sort of make things a little bit easier, but not the normal way. Whereas these people who can get haircuts on cholamoy, they would be able to, um, if in the situation where there are two periods of mourning in a row, they would be able to sort of get normal haircuts and things like that. Amr of Chizda says of Chizda is also says. So we see that from here that an Ovel is not allowed to wash his clothing from the fact that we say that specifically when there's two periods of mourning in a row, that's when you can wash your clothing. But a regular period of mourning, you would be unable to wash your clothing. Rebuta says that just like on Cholamoid, you're not allowed to get a haircut, you're also not allowed to cut your nails. Rabbi Yossi says that you're allowed to cut your nails on Chol Hamoid. Rabbiuda says that just like a mourner is not able to get a haircut while he is mourning, he's also not allowed to cut his uh, nails. So Rabbi Yossi says he can cut his nails. Says Ula that the Allah is like Rabbi Yehuda, that he's not allowed to cut his nails by when he's in mourning, but the Allah is like Rabbi Yossi, that he is allowed to cut his nails by the Cholamoid. Uh, Shmuel Amar, and Shmuel says, Allah Kirib Yossi, and um, Shmuel says that the Allah is like Rabbi Yossi, Bamoid Uve Avel. Both by Cholamoid and by mourning, he'd be allowed to cut his nails. That Shmuel says that the Allah is like the lenient opinion when it comes to Avelus. I think we had, in the context of Erevin, I think we said that the halacha is like the mekel one by Erevin. So here also, we're saying that the halacha is like 
the um, lenient opinion when it comes to um, mourning. And therefore, you'd be allowed to um, cut your nails. Friends, that was Daf Yudzayin and Mesechtamoid Cotton. The first part of the Daf was, I guess, more kind of like discussions about excommunication. Um, and then we moved back in to talking about um, um, cutting your hair on Cholamoid. We talked about the Nazir and the Mitzorah, that they're allowed to uh, get a haircut on Cholamoid, even if they were able to um, cut their hair before the festival, since once they cut their hair, they can then bring their Kobanos. We want them to bring their Kobanos as soon as possible, so therefore they can get their, they can get a haircut on Cholamoid. We then, we discussed, um, mourners. We discussed the distinction, we started to discuss the distinction, distinction between the period of seven days of mourning, which is more stringent, and then the uh, remaining part of the 30 days, which sort of is, is not as stringent, and that if Shiva was over before the festival begins, so then you would be able to get a haircut before the festival. We said that uh, in a situation where um, day seven of, um, of, of, of Shiva fell out on Shabbos and there was a festival the next day, so there's a machlokas right between Abashol and the Chacham, sort of generally of how we relate to the seventh day of Shiva, um, but it also specifically refers to um, how, you know, if the mourner would be able to get a, um, a haircut on Cholamoid, but let's just, you know, first, the machlokas between Abishol and the Chacham is that Abishol says that the seventh day of Shiva, once part of the day passes, then it's already considered like Shiva is over, and you're already, Shloshim has begun, whereas the rabbis argue and say that, um, no, you need seven full days until the night. However, they do admit and agree with uh, Abishol that if um, day seven is a Friday and, um, and, 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 and then you sort of it's going into a festival, that then you would be able to get a haircut on that Friday, which is day seven. In that case, we would, we would say, in the situation where day seven is on Shabbos, so Abishol says, well, since day seven technically is the last day of Shiva, but also the first day of Shloshim, it's Ki'ilu, Shloshim began before the festival that, um, you know, if the festival falls out on Sunday, so it's Ki'ilu, um, Shloshim already began before the festival, but technically speaking, he couldn't get a haircut because it was Shabbos, so therefore he's allowed to get a haircut on the festival, whereas the rabbis say, no, day seven only ends that night, and there was no period before the festival began that he was in Shloshim, and therefore there is no opportunity at all for him to get a haircut until, um, you know, on, on, you can't get a haircut on the festival. Uh, we also saw Machlokas about um, uh, Kohanim, that if you have a Kohen, that his Mishmar ends in the middle of the festival, so it's a question of you know, how do we view, right, the fact that Kohanim are able to offer Korbanos, all Kohanim are able to partake in the Korbanos um, uh, on, on, on the festivals. So if we view it as though his Mishmar never ends, right, the Mishmar that he was, his official Mishmar that sort of went into the festival never really ended because uh, he could still partake in the Korbanos and therefore he can't get a haircut um, for the entire Cholomoid. Or do we say that, you know, even though, yes, he could still partake in the Korbanos, but still, and the lechem upon him, but still his main mishmar is over, and therefore he would be able to get a haircut during Cholomoid. And then we saw machlokas between Reb Yehuda and Reb Yossi about can you cut your fingernails as a mourner and on Cholomoid. Reb Yehuda says no. Reb Yossi says yes. Ula says that the lacha is like 
Rabbi Yehuda, that you may not cut your nails when it comes to an Avel, and it's the Allah is like Rabbi Yossi, that you may cut your nails when it comes to Cholomoid, and uh, Shmuel says that the Allah in both cases like Rabbi Yossi, because um, we always pass in like a more lenient opinion when it comes to mourning. Friends, that was Daf Yudzayin, and we said them, I hope you enjoyed it. Peace out.